the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, invested in more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. That's a good thing, right? We have no secrets, per se. We talk about money on this show. In particular, I think we're talking about getting to retirement. I saw the signs on the wall early in my life that I didn't want to work until the day I die. That's my motivator. It's not that I want to have the most money. It's not that I want to have a $25 million yacht. I don't even think I'd want one if I could afford one. Do you know why? I've learned too much in my life that yachts are not good investments. It's fun to be on one, but it's more fun not to own one and be on one than to own one and be on one. Um, I just don't get it. So anyway, I'm digressing. I want it to get to retirement. I don't want to get filthy stinking rich. I want to do it a good way. I don't want to do it a way that I'm creating more of a mess than I want. I think that makes sense to you. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. You don't really want to spend all day, like, um, there's so many words I can't use because they're, they're just bad. You don't want to spend all day making things overly complicated in your portfolio. Stocks are dipping as consumer spending disappoints. Consumer spending is the heart of the backbone in the United States, in my opinion. Some people would say that small businesses are the blood of the economy. But we're a sad nation that spends. And that's one of the reasons why I used to say, and I'll say this again, when we get through this COVID thing, I'm assuming we do. I'm assuming this isn't like the bad start of a Dennis Quaid movie. First, it was COVID-19. Then the rats came. But I think we get through it. And that's a positive thing and not a negative thing. Um, When I say right now, it's not so much the jobs that matter. It's the idea that jobs can come back that matters. But in the long run, I think the first Friday of every month, seeing how many people are employed gives you a pretty good idea. Um, That it'll be okay. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So consumer spending is super important. So there's a stress test of the banks going on as well right now. Consumer spending, before we get to the stress test, rebounded 8.2% in May. But there was expectations for a rebound of 8.7%. Now, here's the beauty thing about it. We saw a record amount of money piling up in bank accounts. Now, instantly, the conspiracy theorist says, well, that's because the rich got richer. That's because... The Congress and the president printed money and put it straight into people's bank accounts. Yes, and 
that was part of it. But it was also, we were locked up and we just saw our bank account swell a little bit. So I believe that money will eventually get spent. I don't think people will. Some people will die with the money in the bank, but not many. Federal Reserve's latest stress test. This is the second big thing of the day right now. It kind of showed that some banks might be undercapitalized um, in a worst-case scenario. But overall, <clears throat> it showed that most of them are well-capitalized right now. One of the things that the Federal Reserve has done this time that's a little bit different is they've, they've flooded the banks with liquidity, essentially saying, you know, hey, if there's mandates, a bank is mandated by law that for every dollar it lends out, it's got $33 <clears throat> every 30, excuse me, I'd flip that <clears throat> for every $33 that it lends out, it has to have one real dollar in the bank. When things get crazy, Congress will say things like, well, our economy's a good, but it could be better. I think the bank should lend out $40 for every dollar. And they start expanding the risk. Because when there's a loan failure, it's still a $33 mandate. So if $1, or let's say, ah, <clears throat> let's say, yeah, if some of those loans fail, they have to up their reserves. That's the easiest way to say it. I don't have to get into the math of it. You don't want me to. So the stress test was out yesterday, and that, that caused a lot of banks to rally. But there were some that were flagged as problematic. Nike posted a surprise loss as the pandemic hit its sales harder than expected. Not only did Nike have the pandemic hit sales, but they also had some of their stores looted um, and some cities in the last couple of months have kind of shut down as we stand around and we figure out what Black Lives Matters and the protests happen on a pretty regular basis. I don't know how many of them get out of hand and loot, and I don't know how many are, are peaceful. <clears throat> it seems that there's a story there. Virgin Galactic shares up 3%. Nike's down. Virgin Galactic going to the moon, 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 going boom, 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 and a zoom, zoom, zoom. Virgin Galactic up 3% after its spaceship. Its spaceship, I said, completed its second successful glide over southern New Mexico. So they didn't do anything like they didn't like have a, a first ticket sold. They didn't actually go up to space. They glided over New Mexico, which again, I, I get that is important. When you do have real people in those things, you, you have to have more than two examples of gliding it, right? Tesla had a, a little bit of a love affair this morning. Deutsche Bank, Deutsche Bank. Raised its target for the electric car company's stock price to $900. Do you remember um, Bob Barker on the braces, right? Someone would win money and he'd count it out like one, two, three. And he'd uh, pull out like five crisp $100 bills. Oh, boy. I just remembered a creepy thing. When Bob Barker asked the ladies and not the men to go into his pocket to find the $100. That was the 1990s. We didn't know better. Amazon's expected to announce an acquisition of self-driving car developer Zooks. So Amazon's acquiring a self-driving car company, Zooks. 
It's kind of interesting. Uh, that's going to pit Amazon against Waymo. Uh, Waymo is backed by Alphabet. Some people would say, who's Alphabet? And, well, Alphabet is Google. So Google is Alphabet. Alphabet now is Waymo. Waymo is the self-driving part of Google. What's interesting about self-driving, it's just not fulfilling itself as fast as we want it to or as fast as the CEOs will say. Oh, I can remember when... um, Tesla and Elon Musk said that he could it'll be fully autonomous by mid 2018 and then 2020. Now, where when are these self-driving cars going to be out there that we I know they're out there. But when am I going to get one? That that's the thing that everyone wants to know. When's Rob going to get one? Oil's rally appears uh to be solid. Uh, do you want to own an oil stock, though? That's a really, really hella good question right now. Do you want to own an oil stock? Um, it's almost like, do you want to own a tobacco stock? Or do you want to own a stock that, that kills babies? Or do you want to own a stock that uh, makes nuclear weapons? You have a choice. So... Oil stocks have underperformed. There's still some quote-unquote value there. If you can find it, it's not easy money, but it's not going to get you in trouble money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, consultant, worker, virus, taking action, any stocks ever mentioned on the show. Yes, I'm out. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or kdow.biz. Are we finally getting back to Tay-Tay? Wouldn't that be nice? Could we just possibly go back to the world of Taylor Swift and how important and beautiful and how her music dominates the world and controls the minds of young teenage girls? Or is COVID going to be around for a while longer? (laughs) I'll get there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, Gap shares surge on Kanye West Easy Deal. It's almost a Tay-Tay kind of story. Remember when Taylor Swift won Artist of the Year and Kanye West got up on stage and protested and took the award away from her? Ah, the good old days. Now, Kanye has one song that I know. I know he's been on Saturday Night Live. I've seen many performances, but I don't know his music. The man can endorse product. Kanye West has come out with a line of hoodies, T-shirts, and joggers slated to be sold at Gap Retail stores in 2021. Oh, my God. No, it's wonderful. I can get a T-shirt from the coolest guy on the planet, Kanye West. At what could be considered one of the whitest stores in America, most wonder breadest kind of store, Gap stores. That's awesome news if you're Gap, right? Um, now, let's think about this for a second. Gap is publicly traded. That's kind. Of, this is going to be kind of one of those, oh, Gap's up three bucks and 43 cents, 13.58. Now, Gap used to be a heck of a good trading store. Um, So it's up 33% on that. Gap was really relevant in the 1990s. 
and they haven't been relative relevant till Kanye West showed up. Um, t- now it's been there's a guy named Millard Drexler. I know you're saying with a name like Millard, you gotta be cool. <laughs> well, kinda. Uh, he's a fashion guy, and he ran the Gap fashion back in the 1990s, and he hit so many right trends. Now, I'm going to boil this story down as fast as I can, as as much of a reduction as possible, because Millard Drexler made the gap relevant in the 1990s with capri pants. I know you're saying capri pants. I think I know what that is. The ladies in the house, they got this one. They buzzed in early. They know what capri pants are. Okay, capri pants are the pants that the the um, the the leg a lot of a lot of th- uh, not, uh, calf, a lot of calf is showing. It's kind of a cool look, and they hit it perfectly. And the gap started to expand from just the gap in the 1990s because Millard Drexler did so well picking fashion that they added Banana Republic and they also added Gap for Kids and Old Navy and the Gap Outlet. They became a a retailing empire juggernaut. Gap's original uh, original founder is the kind of guy that owns famous art, like and gives it to museums and says, "You can give this back to us, whatever you want to, but you pay the insurance on it, and it's ours." His name's Donald Fisher, the Fisher family, the Fisher Foundation. In 1969, Don Fisher, a California commercial real estate broker, who he was building commercial real estate for other people for retail. And he basically said, hey, I think I should start my own store. I want to say the Gap was originally um, Sacramento. I know that they were headquartered in San Francisco, but it went across the whole whole nation. And for the record, the Gap also has Athleta, which is the athleisure brand that they are trying to compete with, um, <coughs> Lululemon. And I, I would say in, in more poor years, Americans will probably buy more Athleta. and more, more expensive years, Americans will buy more Lululemon. I do like Lululemon as a stock because it's premium athleisure. So <clears throat> um, the Fishers are kind of an interesting family. Mick, Mickey Drexler, kind of an interesting dude. As a fashion retailer, he tried to recreate his success with capri pants at other outlets, and it didn't work quite as well. He went to J. Crew after um, Gap, and I was like, I'll follow him anywhere. Let's take a look at J. Crew. Because if you hit capri pants, you're a genius. Now you have to wait and 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 wait, and Gap has not been investable for 20 years. It's been maybe a little tradable, but trending down. <clears throat> and this morning when the oh, the gold digger himself, Kanye, comes out and he says he's got to deal with Gap, I'm kind of stoked. I'm, I'm kind of pleased. I'm happy. T-shirts, joggers, hoodies. Uh, it's his Yeezy brand, but it's not his Yeezy shoes. Eh, I think I would have been more stoked on the Yeezy shoes. Because I, I don't know. Like I said, Gap kind of has this middle of America white bread, not very complicated taste bud. Maybe chicken nugget feel to it. I know, I know. You're saying you're being judgy. I know, I know. I'm being judgy. 
So Gap shares up 15% on the news. The Yeezy footwear line, Nike wishes they had it because they already dominate with the Jordans. Uh, Kanye West, he, honestly, do you remember four years ago? I said um, Kanye West when Donald Trump was being elected. Kanye West at some point in time said, I'm going to run for president in 2020. And I was like, I bet he'd win. And I said that in, a, in almost jest, but that was when I, I bet if Kanye West were to run for politician, there's a very good chance it would be a lot closer, if not a downright stomping of his competition. So under Gap, Yeezy's creative direction, the Yeezy Design Studio will develop a new line that will be offer elevated basics for men, women, and kids. That's a pretty good uh, uh, endorsement. That's a pretty good brand. So he's going to try to be disruptive in music. He's going to try to be disruptive in footwear. He's going to try to be disruptive in architecture. I don't know if you remember when Kanye West said, I don't want to say he had uh, illusions of grandeur, but it was it was kind of back in that way. Uh, Charlie Sheen was crazy times. Like, I've got tiger blood. And then you would see Kanye West go, I'm going to be the greatest architect like Michelangelo. Like, whoa, 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 what? I thought you were like a guy who could endorse shoes. But um, interesting, right? So there's a, a cross of pop culture hitting um, retail and hitting investments, of which Microsoft wanted to get into a brand called Mixer, and they brought one of the celebrities, Tyler Ninja Blevins, over to say, hey, let's let's have you spend millions of dollars. Mixer is kind of like the YouTube for gamers or kind of something, the Twitch for Microsoft. My, a couple years later, Microsoft's shutting down Mixer. So not all celebrities can pull off what Yeezy just pulled off and give a return on investment immediately before he even sold a shirt to the company that he's working with. Um Maybe Oprah could pull that off as well. Not that many can. I'm Rob Black from NewFocusFinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. One of the, my guilty pleasures is, as I'm taken away from my TV time, sometimes I'll watch a little bit of YouTube, and one of the guilty pleasures there is sometimes watching, like, scare videos, um, where someone puts a big spider on someone while they're sleeping kind of thing. That's guilty pleasure. Totally admit it. Uh, but another one is when you see, like, a, a dad get really mad at his kid for not picking up his room, and he, like, takes a chainsaw to the kid's Xbox. Just a wanton destruction of electronics. Another one, do you remember when people used to grab a new iPhone and they'd do a video of it, and the next thing you know, they're taking a sledgehammer to it and they're destroying a $400 iPhone 4? <laughs> Notice they don't do that with the new iPhones that cost $1,200. Speaking of new iPhones that cost $1,200, let's bring in Tony Mendez from BayAreaLoanSource.com. How are you, Tony? Good morning. Um, one of the things I, I always bring up with you when we talk is that you're a Google person, I'm an Apple person, and that you really should up, up your game. Okay, it got quiet. <laughs> um, Tony is with. No, we do. Right? I, I I enjoy the Google phone. I mean, it works. It's not twelve hundred dollars. There you go. Um, Tony Mendez, BayerLoanSource dot com. What are we going to talk about today? Well, I, uh, real estate 
uh, you know, been a big topic that obviously people have been really interested as we see low interest rates continue to bounce off all-time lows. Uh, it's driving a lot of demand into the industry. Okay, so uh, people are still, they want to see you and get a mortgage and do a transaction even though COVID's around? Uh, you know, it's funny that we are seeing higher numbers than even in 2019 when it comes to purchase and refinance applications. And it's kind of important to note that um, we, we're seeing a, we did see a slowdown right at the beginning. And April was really the biggest number. In fact, we just got numbers from April as the first full month of, you know, the COVID and shelter in place. Okay. And we had a 16% increase in um, inventory uh, after seeing it drop. And so we, were, we saw a lot of good news come out of, uh, you know, what we thought was going to last a lot longer. Okay. Now, my industry, when I talk on radio, I, I kind of hope that I'm appealing to people who are on the younger side and need to accumulate wealth or people who are on the older side and need to manage wealth. Those are my two type of buyers of information, the two types of people that need me. Um, and most people fall into that. And most people can say, oh, yeah, I'd kind of like to retire before I die. And some people are like, I don't want to lose all my money when I'm retired. So those are my, that's my market. What's the market? Who's buying right now? Who's doing these mortgages? Because um, it's not me. I already have enough homes, and I'm over 50, and I'm, I'm, it's not me right now. Well, it's it's difficult to just nail down one kind of category of you know, what categories are you seeing. Um, the refinance activity has been pretty healthy when it comes to people obviously trying to lower their interest rates. We have all time low interest rates, but we also have a very difficult market, uh, what they call overlays. It's very much what it was like in two thousand eight to two thousand ten, where lenders basically said, "We don't want to take on the risk, so we're going to add a bunch of guidelines so that." We eliminate the risk so we can sell our loans. So there are a bunch of people who can't refinance, even though they want to refinance, because they can't fit the guidelines. Um, as far as buyers, people with down payment and credit scores, even a lot of the products that were, uh, especially here in the Bay Area, where you need to get something that's over the conforming limit, um, and maybe you have a little bit of tricky credit score or you're a first-time home buyer trying to do a jumbo loan, those have been kind of eliminated. They're called non-qualified mortgages. So a whole segment of the market has been taken away, leaving a lot of people wondering how to get mortgages um, for a purchase. So the people who are buying homes are people who have good down payment, good credit score, and, um, and don't have anything tricky on their credit. Okay. Um, are you seeing more people, generally speaking, is it younger people pulling two incomes? Is it someone who's worked for a company like Apple and has a lot of stock options? Uh, what would you say is a profile? Is there a profile of... That, that, you just named two of them. Okay. That's, uh, but, you know, something that has not changed is there has always been low down payment uh, products for people to buy homes. And that's Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, and VA. They are there. They're still there. And unfortunately, here in the Bay Area, a lot of those products can't be used because, number one, if a seller sees a lower down payment and then they have somebody over here who's buying in cash, they'll probably take the person in cash. So it's a little bit harder to use those products here in the Bay Area. So what we're seeing are people that have low down payments that are 
you know, highly motivated to buy a house, end up buying elsewhere. They go to the suburbs. They go to places like Sacramento. We've seen a lot of people go out to places like Elk Grove because the average home there is probably three hundred fifty to four hundred thousand. And, and for those who don't know, a lot of these products. Where the heck is Elk Grove? It's just south of Sacramento. Okay. <clears throat> so you are seeing people stretch out and, and look for new areas that are yeah. maybe slower or and they have good internet so people can work from home. I got to imagine that's that's going to be a, a pretty good trend for a while of people who say, I, <clears throat> I want to move uh, to someplace that's got good internet and more amenities for less cost. So and I think people will be surprised at how much is out there. Well, one of the big stories uh, of this week is there's a record number of home buyers that are looking to relocate. Um, and this is a report from Redfin that uh, 27% of people from metropolitan areas are looking outside of their area, like the suburbs or other smaller cities. Um, and that's also already started in uh, we're seeing the numbers from these cities where they're propping up home prices. So a lot of people are wondering, you know, should I move to one of these cities? So we have a friend that just, you know, transferred their job to Indiana because they can buy a house and they don't want to rent anymore. I'm talking with Tony Mendez from BayAreaLoanSource.com. I've known him for 20-plus years. I've known him longer than I've known CFP Chad Burton. Um, and he deals with mortgages and loans, and he does most of mine, and I know he's good at what he does. And I, I have him on the show not because mortgages are super fun, but because they're super important in your your budgets and your finances. It's one of the biggest financial tools. That's something that makes you kind of interesting because you and I work together, and you know, you know that I know investments, and I know you know mortgages, and we kind of complement each other. Um, mortgage is a tool. How many people do you see really get that? What's the, you know, I don't want to know the percentages, but how educated are people that this is like a mortgage at 3% is way more powerful to your long-term life than a mortgage at 4%. And you should look at that kind of stuff. Well, I've been, I've been in financing for over 19 years. Um, the, I've been able to see a difference just in the last 10 years of the mentality of the people who are doing mortgages. They really are starting to get it. We have a wiser okay. buyer, a wiser owner. Um, they do go, okay, I am I robbing Peter to pay Paul when it comes to retirement um, just to buy a house? Uh, we have people who are doing fi- uh, you know more savvy things like moving money from investment properties into their primary residence or vice versa because of tax reasons and, and you know the new SALT rules. Uh, so I think we have a better buyer. Credit scores have gone up. People are more aware of, uh, you know, how to engage with their credit, how to improve their credit, the importance of the credit. And then, of course, you know, we've had a, almost a decade of low interest rates that are, you know, 1% to 2 to 3% lower than the historical uh, averages. So it's pretty attractive when, like, your parents go, you know, my interest rate was 10 to 20%. Um, 3% sounds fantastic. You should get into a house. Um, but, Dad, it's so expensive, you can lock it in for 30 years. So I think there's a lot more awareness about how a mortgage and how low interest rates can really help people. And that's what's driving a lot of people into the market. Yeah. <clears throat> it's funny because the low cost of the mortgage, it, it, I'm not going to say it couldn't be lower now than ever before. But it's it's pretty ideal for people like me to tell you know children like hey children these are good rates you should lock these in you'll be appreciative that dad told you that at one point um like yeah it's weird that I'm now my dad <laughs> these are really good rates and I've become him um anything else that you want to add we got a minute or two before we wrap this up it's Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. I do all my loans with him 
Um, and I would do another one with you. Anything else we're forgetting or needing to think of? I think people should just, this is uncharted territory for everybody. Okay. Nobody knows how long this is going to last. We don't know when products are going to come back. We know that lenders have stopped putting out some products, but we've seen some of them bring some back. Um, this is going to change pretty quickly back into a, you know the, a new format. Um, and we just hope it doesn't last too long because you know we have another buying season that's co- in selling season coming up in the, in the fall. Uh, and it, it, it's, it's going to play out. I think just people need to be patient. Um, watch interest rates, uh, and just uh, keep keep an eye on the credit score and keep your job as, as much as you can. And don't go into forbearance if you plan on getting a loan. With the loans that you're doing, how many of them are coming to you and go, oh, yeah, COVID kept me out of the property, and I, I never even saw it? Or are you seeing any of the technological innovation going on? Or is there a technological well, innovation going on with how people are buying and how people are finding inventory? we got about a minute. Uh, realtors have adapted very, very quickly, and there was a lot of technology already out there. So um, if this happened five or six years ago, it would have been a lot worse, a lot harder, a lot more frustrating. But, no, I, it's it's a lot easier to see homes. Um, I saw one the other day. I, I just made an appointment. You signed a couple of documents uh, related to you know um, procedures, and you make an appointment, and realtors are really into it. <laughs> I love realtors. They're my favorite type of uh, <clears throat> people because, boy, they love real estate. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they love their job. Kid, a fat kid who likes chocolate is like he's like the head of, of, of Mars cookie bars or, you know, M&Ms. Anyway, you can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Here's my impression of a real estate agent. Hey, I'm a real estate agent. I like real estate. Hey, I'm a real estate agent. Real estate always goes up. Hey, I'm a real estate agent. You should buy real estate. Hey, I'm a real estate agent. You can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. He does mortgages. And I do like real estate agents, but they tend to drive a lot of hype. Find me all on at newfocusfinancials.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I do wildly, wildly appreciate it. I try to do my best. Some segments are better than others. Some of them just flat out flop. But hopefully, if I get one memorable one in there, you're like, whoa, good job, Rob. Um, financially speaking, you don't have to be cutting edge. You don't have to be like a super calculator, calculus slash, like you don't have to be a CPU or a GPU or a PU. You could just be you and figure out 10, 15, 20 things that make sense to you. Like this, this one could be worse. It's not good, but it could be worse. Invest in companies that advertise on the NFL. If you, the NFL makes more money. They, they're like this big monolith. They're like this big tank, like 15 tanks strapped together of money making. And they go, you want to buy a 30 second commercial during halftime? Ha ha ha. That's going to cost you. If you can buy the visas, the MasterCard, the halftime show brought to you by Lincoln Financial, MasterCard. Those are the companies you should look at. I mean, that, that, it could be worse than that. You could go, well, I was actually going to only buy companies that start with the letter uh, C because I had a, a son named Charlie who died at birth. And, uh, well, I, I only.
only investing companies that start with C because it's Charlie. That's not a good one. You should have some things that you believe in, and you should be able to get back to those. I lost some money in a biotech stock that was coming up not for, for a treatment with uh, cancer. I kind of came up with a thesis in the 90s. This is how smart I was. Well, cancer's never going to be cured. So we got to focus on the treatment of it versus the cure pill. So I, I was like, okay, let's find some companies that are like doing that. Like chemotherapy is so 1920s. It, it feels like it's an old technology. It feels like let's put a bunch of poison in someone and kill the good and kill the bad. It's like that horrible TV show, The Facts of Life. You take the good, you take the bad, and there you got The Facts of Life. You take the good, you take... Like, no, there has to be better. And it was one of the worst investments I ever made in my life. It was a company that was freezing tumors. So, hey, you can see a tumor. Why don't you just cut it out, Doc? Well, first we have to shrink it uh, with lots of radiation. Then we have to kill it with lots of chemo while it's weak and, and shrunken. Um, so some scientists on occasion were like, well, we can see the thing. Why don't we just go in there and freeze it and uh, cut the, like, the thing out? So I, for some reason, I started, I crossed, I got out of my land. I became a doctor. It's like people right now who are telling you like, oh, you should go and live your life and, and fly to Phoenix and Dallas and Florida and like go to pep rallies. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. You're a financial person. Stay in your lane. You're, you're, you're an investment person. Stay in your lane. Like, it is kind of important. But you should have things that you believe in. But you should be able to stay in your lane. You're going to get curious to like be a jack of all trades. Stop it! It's like when the babysitter's like, oh, and I've got some suggestions for you on how to raise your kid. Stay in your lane! I just needed you for two hours! Um, same thing with investing. People get in trouble. I know a guy who was a great dad, had a beautiful wife, two beautiful daughters, and then he was a, a mechanic at United, mechanic for 40 years, massive pension. That was his whole thing. But a massive pension in California is not a lot. Cost of living is way higher here. It's like, yes, you can make twice as much money, but housing costs three times as much. But you can make twice as much money, but housing costs three times as much. So what he did was he went from being a, a mechanic to like taking some extra money out of his house that him and his sweetheart bought 30 years ago and buy a second house. And then he's like, well, that worked out well in the last two years. And he bought another house, and that worked out pretty well. So he bought another house. And then the 2008 correction was specifically tied to things that he had bought on leverage, housing. He bought them on credit cards. I'll take another mortgage. I'll take another mortgage. And what do you do when you buy everything on, on a mortgage? Like uh, every, if you put your mortgage on a credit card, if you put your groceries on a credit card, if you put your car on a credit card, and the economy tightens up, you're down the creek. So he got out of his lane. He was a mechanic. And it's like a friend of mine, he's a police officer in the East Bay. And that's not an easy time being a police officer. But as an investor, he would come up with these cockamamie, cuckoo-doodle kind of stock ideas. And most of them were bad. And most of them involved advice from another officer, which I could tell you the worst investors. You want to know who the worst investors are? I just asked Tony a hard question. I was like, hey, Tony, uh, who's buying houses right now? And I kind of wanted like, this colorful thing, like, oh, it's, the, it's 
it's the it's children of uh, people with accents. It's like, oh, really? Okay, so that's okay. There's that event in cash, like, and I kind of wanted a whole rundown on it. But who's investing right now, and what type of investors are out there? I think it's it's stuff we have to tickle and play with. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Staying in your lane is so important. Knowing what you do well as an investor, I would rather you max out your 401k and diversify it in just boring stuff like the S&P 500, which happens to hit an all-time high on a pretty darn regular basis. I'm asking you, like, do you know the Kentucky Derby and the Belmont Stakes and the horse races? It's kind of fun to, to bet on horses like once or twice in your life. Then after that, you're like, oh, I don't, I don't get it. But it is kind of fun to look at a horse and go, the gray one looks super fast. <clears throat> you can bet on the S&P 500. It's, it's going to cross the finish line. <clears throat> a lot of things you could invest in, like the Russell 2000, it too is going to cross the finish line. Large cap stocks, yes. Mid cap stocks, yes. Value stocks, yes. Growth stocks, yes. A lot of stuff in the world of assets does work over time. And you could buy the, the boring, generic, low-cost version of it, and it'll work over time. And you'll beat the market because you'll be the market. You won't lose the market. I know one financial planner. He tries so hard to get the right mix of portfolios that he forgets some of the other aspects of financial planning. Anyhow, you can find me at newfocusfinancial.com or robblackshow.com.